0: Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love your presence. And just as we spend some time together now, would you um, heighten our sensitivities to the heart of God for our life together and for our personal journey with Jesus? just heighten our sensitivities holy spirit lord sometimes we miss the nuances of your presence the nuances those gentle impressions of your words to us we don't want to we don't want to miss that today lord And we thank you that you're committed to speaking to us. And we thank you that you've declared that your people hear your voice. And we just agree with all of that now. In Jesus' name, for his greater glory and for our well-being. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning I want to share just a little bit about what's on the heart of God for us as a Fellowship of Believers this year. There's a few sort of key things that uh, we believe that has, um, God has said he wants to be busy about this year and so we want to kind of follow in with what he's doing. Um, you may remember last year uh, that we had sort of three kind of pegs or, or focus points that we zeroed in on. Uh, And and through the course of the whole year, we we pressed into uh, identity, understanding who we are as children of God. We pressed into um, identity, purpose, understanding why we're here for the greater glory of God. And we also pressed into the whole area of kingdom family, the life of the church and it was just i mean we're we're sort of sitting on the platform of all of that that god was doing in the course of the last year and it was really wonderful all that he's been he did last year and at the end of last year um nicole and i and the the ministry and leadership team here at the vineyard we spent we went away and we spent some time together going god um thank you for all that you've done this year um but we also want to press in now and ask you what's on your heart for next year, for 2015. And so we spent this time together before the Lord. It was really great. I love working in those environments because it's really dynamic and you actually get to experience just the richness of the Holy Spirit as he's revealing what's on the heart of God from others. And then somehow he graciously kind of just brings it all together to make sense or one big picture. It's really outstanding to do, to be a part of. And um, so we did that together and we spent time in the Lord's presence together. And and, and so this, this is some of that conversation that I want to share with you this morning, okay? And so, um, uh, and, and, and I want to bring to it a little bit of um, my understanding of what uh, I believe the Lord's saying to us. Now... Um, it's very interesting because what we tend to do when we think about um, vision is we want to get very practical and sometimes we want to get very nuts and bolts about it all. Um, but I, I, I want us to try and approach this a little differently today. Some of you here in the room are musicians, or at some point you've played a musical instrument, or maybe you've sung at some point. So can I just get an indication of anyone that's played an instrument, or you've got an understanding of music, you love song, and just pop your hands up. Okay. Beautiful. So just hang on to that, because I want you to approach today like a musician through music. Now musicians approach things very differently to someone who may not be terribly musical, um, but is perhaps maybe more of a, um, like a painter. Someone that loves to paint. Do we have any painters among us? People that, artists, we've got one, two, three. Any more artists? Four, five? People that love to paint? Not just paint, but, you know, like draw and all that sort of stuff. We've got a, okay, we've got a few more in there. So, I, I, I just want you to come with the way that God's made you to this conversation. Um, for some of us who maybe aren't necessarily musically geared or, or um, uh, you know, artistic, some of us may be more kind of, um, what, we, what what's that? Word, word type people, literally. You know, they like reading literature. Um, they... So rather than go and sit in a corner and listen to good music, you'd rather pick up a book and go and read it. Do we have any of those kind of people, book-type people? Yep, yep, beautiful, yep. Just come at today as that kind of person, the way God's made you. I I desperately don't want you to try and turn off who you are in the hope that you'll get this. You need to come as you are in the way that God's made you and everything that I share today, his... His spirit is going gonna, is gonna to help you connect into it just the way he's made you. And so there's going to be this, these nuances of moments for all of us in this where some of us are just going to have these little moments of like, oh, I get that. And those moments are going to be different to the people sitting next to you because some of them n- next to you, they're going to get these little nuanced moments of the Holy Spirit as we're going along. They go, oh, now I really get that. I didn't get that, but I get that. All of this is really important, okay? So I want you to come as you are. What sort of other people do we have here? Um, Sort of... Oh, oh, nature? (laughs) Got any nature lovers here? People that prefer to... I know Scott Scott likes... Actually, I'm going to tell a bit of a dib-dib-dob-dob here. Um, But Scott's um, sacred pathway is a way of describing it. Is water. So whenever he's, just out of our conversation, he shared with us that whenever he's in the surf, the shower, sitting in the jacuzzi, uh, he gets really, he gets really like, I don't know, somehow dialed into God. Um, For some people, it's walking in um, the mountains. Uh, There's all, God's made us so wonderfully different. And and we need all of who we are because God's Holy Spirit has drawn us together and the book of Acts calls this amazing group of people the fellowship of believers. And it wasn't until later on, till the early church was a bit further down the road in its journey, that um, someone actually then called them the church. They said, These are the people of the way, the way being a capital W. In other words, they didn't call, they said, these these fellowship of believer people, they are the people of the way, and the way was referring to Jesus. And so the church, which is another interesting word that came along, literally means the word in the Greek is ecclesia which literally means if, um, how's the best way for me to describe it? Well, look, there's a crowd of us in here and like Neil is way over there up the back on his own. But there's this crowd of people here, Neil's a part of the crowd and then all of a sudden I'm here, I've got the um, sense of voice and I yell out, hey Neil, come here and then... So if I did that and Neil then trundled down here and said, thanks, Neil, you're a wonderful walking illustration, you can stay there. <laughs> you can stay there. But it, that, that, that word ecclesia literally means one who, who's been called out from the crowd. It, that's, that's what church is. It's this gathering of all these people who the voice of God has revealed Jesus to them and said, Hey you, come here and let's live life on the terms of the kingdom of God. Isn't that an interesting picture of church? I bet, I bet most people that we talk to that don't know Jesus or don't attend church, and maybe for some of us in here, that might be sort of rubbing a little bit of the framework of what we think church is. But the church is the gathering, the fellowship of all those people who've been called out by God to come and be his people in the earth, the people of the way, the people of Jesus. And that's who we are here at Vineyard Pine Rivers. So I need you to come as you are. Now, if you've got your Bible with you, I want you to quickly open it to Philippians chapter 2. This is a. If you haven't got that, that's okay. I'll, I'll try and pop it up here on the screen for you. Here we go. And um, but Philippians chapter two. So Paul's writing here to the church, and it's actually a really um, very beautiful and very pastoral letter. It, it, it's full of hope, and 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 Paul's um, also writing to them because he desperately wants to be with them, um, but he can't. better than yourselves, and each of you should look not only to your own interests, uh, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father therefore my dear friends as you've always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I might boast on the day of Christ that I did not run and labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. That's a great scripture from Paul. Great letter to the church. Um, He's realizing he can't be with them and he's exhorting them and calling them on. and, And his best wisdom to them is... Guys, if you're going to run the race, it's got to be all about Jesus. It's got to be all about Jesus. Um, I just want to pick up very quickly on a few things here that Paul's talked about. And this, this is a very big part of what I think the Holy Spirit is, is inviting us into this year as we walk with Jesus. Now, you've got to remember, all of this for Paul is about being united to Jesus. We're not talking about adding anything on to what we're about in 2015. We're not talking about taking anything away. But what we are doing is we're turning up the volume on what life is like when we are united with Jesus individually and as a fellowship of believers. So everything that Paul writes in that scripture flows from the precept that If you're united to Jesus, then the love of Jesus flows. Now, it's interesting, and it flows into the people of God, so that the thing that then flows through the church, through the people of God, is the same love that Jesus has flowing from him, which is for the Father's greater glory. Jesus was heaven-bent on making sure there was greater glory to the Father in everything that he did. And you can read more about that sort of stuff in John chapter 15 through to 17, okay? If you've got some time, you might like to do that on your own, term, on, on your own time this week. But the Spirit is inviting us to be united with Jesus. He's amplifying this reality to us. Um, and he uses, there's a few things there, he says being like-minded. Now that word, um, or, and being and having the same love, that word like and same in the Greek there is, you'll see it down the bottom there, is, is, is the word autos, or so it looks like auto. Um, that, that, that word literally means, <laughs> to give you a quick illustration of, sometimes when Nicole and I are in a room together, because we're in this intimate relationship and friendship and we've been walking life together for a long time sometimes we're in the room together and I don't even, we don't even have to talk to each other but I know exactly what she's thinking. Uh, You you may have found this even in a workplace relationship where you're with a work colleague and they're not saying anything, but because you're on this same track together in the course of a day, you have this sense of, oh yeah, I know exactly what they're thinking and feeling. Have you ever had those kind of moments where you just like you become very aware of the other? Well, well, this is this is what this means. This idea of being of the same mind and of the same love. It's it's like. Oh yep, I know where you are. I I'm so acutely aware of you that I'm I I am mysteriously, well, I believe it by the power of the Holy Spirit, very aware of you, having the same mind, same thinking. You know, uh, being of the same mind, my children have um, you know. Um, Whenever they come to me with a physical problem, there's a few things I'll I'll always do. If they've got a physical need, like they've hurt themselves or they're feeling flat or tired or something or other, um, there's a couple of things I'll do. One is I'll pray with them, and then there's this other question I'll ask them all the time. And sometimes I don't even don't even have to. I'll start to ask the question, and they'll go, "Oh, I know, Dad. I've," and and. And my question I always ask the children is, um, have you had a drink of water today? Like water, for me, is like, have you ever watched my big fat Greek wedding? Where, what's his name, Uh, is like, Windex is his cure-all. Well, for me, it's like, well, actually, have you had a drink of water today? Because I'm quite convinced that if we actually drink more water, our body will be happy. <laughs> and and physically happy, and my kids. So if they fall over and hurt their knee, I'm like, "Have you had a drink of water today?" <laughs> you know, and they're like, "Dad, it's not. I don't need a drink. I need my knee fixed." I know, I know. But uh, they know what I'm gonna say. They're so familiar with me and my ways. They're just, they're, they just, they, that, that's this. Oh yeah, I know what he's thinking. I know what his answer is gonna be. I know what's gonna come next. This is this is that sense of this being of the same love and of the like-mindedness of Jesus. It's this being so acutely and consciously aware of. It's, does that make sense? And like so, Jesus is carrying the Father's love plan for the whole world. And Paul's best wisdom to anyone that would follow Jesus is. Uh, Be united to that love pulse that's flowing from the Father heart of God through Christ for the world. And you. as you're connected to that heart pulse, you yourself will begin to think like, feel like, become aware of what's around you as if it was the very heart and consciousness of God alive in you for you and your circumstances. Does that make sense? It's really important you get that. Cuz if we can't get that the rest doesn't apply. The rest doesn't apply. That's where it all for Paul starts and builds from or starts and falls away from. It's being about being united to Jesus. You know, I went to a friend's uh, friend of mine last Sunday night. He was commissioned as a new pastor of a of a of a Baptist church. And it was it was just great to be able to go there and cheer him on and say, You beauty, and pray and and they invited us to Nicole and I to come and join all their sort of elders and so forth and lay hands on them and pray with them as they commissioned them. And it was just a great, great moment to be able to go, yeah, God, just like give them everything. so that they can do everything that you've asked them to do for this local church. And um, and then afterwards, he gave this great message, and funnily enough, he like pulls out Philippians 2 and does this great message about, he's you know, he's a Jesus man. He said, I'm a Jesus man. Beginning, that's where I start, finish, I'm a Jesus man, was his language. And he called the people on to being a people of the vision of Jesus, of having a vision of Jesus for their their life as a church together. And as I was sitting there, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And he took those those words that my friend was um, speaking, and then he, he just drilled, the Holy Spirit just drilled down a little bit deeper into me with that revelation. And as he did that, he started to say to me, Kirk, I want you to take, having a personal vision of Jesus and let that mature to be one who carries the vision that Jesus carried see there's a there's a there's a maturing there that from oh I see Jesus I need Jesus I love Jesus I want to be a person of Jesus But then there's a maturing process where the Holy Spirit wants to take that revelation of Jesus and who he is as Lord and Saviour of all and he wants to mature that so that we as the people of Jesus carry the vision, the power, the passion of the Father's greater glory that Jesus himself carried. He wants to mature that for all of us. And so this year, I am believing that that is going to happen. Now he also, Paul also uses this little phrase, he says, of being of one spirit and purpose. And there's a, a, it it literally means of one accord. Now, um, for those of you who are musically geared or artistically geared, um, you, you can appreciate when you're listening to good music. And then when you're listening to it, it's great. You go, wow, they're really like, that, that, that band, that song, they're like, they're like really connected. And that's just flowing. For some of us, it might be, you know, heavy metal. For others of us, it might be, it might be orchestral or anything in between. It doesn't matter. But there's this sense of, you're very consciously aware of that, that musical group playing in such a way that it, you know, we use words like, harmony in sync and time with each other they're very aware and it's, it's it's like they're all playing or there's this other saying that we use is wow they're all singing from the same song sheet you know they're so connected and it doesn't take much if you know what you're listening to to realize when someone's either out of time or out of tune, it becomes very that, that out of step out of time out of tuneness can become very like grating to your ear it's like what happened to the good music man? It was just flowing nice and then <sharp inhale> um, that's that's the idea that Paul 's trying to speak of here of one accord he 's talking about the people of Jesus being playing this a uh, uh, vision and love pulse of the Father's heart of God into the earth in such a way that it's like, whoa, man, that is a ama- that's an amazing sound coming out of there. That's an amazing work that's coming from that place. They're 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 of one accord. The Greek the Greek word is up there, which literally means of of being one mind, of being of one accord, of being on the same timing, of being in step with each other. But there's also this other dynamic to that big long Greek word that you can see up there on the bottom of the page. It, it, it also has this idea behind it like when you watch the Olympics. And when you watch the Olympics and the 100-metre dash is on and you look at these athletes, I mean, they are just like, Pumped up in every regard, be it, you know, 100 meters swimming or running, doesn't matter. These guys, they don't literally breathe when they're doing this 100 meters. They, they are literally holding every bit of oxygen in them and, and it, as they come to that starting line and they, once that gun goes off, they are, they, the word is they explode from the, from the start line. They, they, like, there's this massive, like, release of power and energy and passion and focus for that finish line. You ever seen that? It's pretty, pretty, like, whoa, when you see an athlete. And when the camera technology these days is fantastic because they do it in slow-mo, you know. Or even, who watched some of the tennis over the summer? It's been, like, outstanding. I love it you know, when they go to ad breaks or whatever, they do a slow-mo of whoever it is hitting the ball and you'll see like their leg hit the ground and every bit of their muscle is like highlighted and like as they launch themselves into returning that ball with focus and passion. Well, there's this sense of what Paul's saying that the people of Jesus, as they carry this pulse of the Father's love that Jesus carried as it's being loosed into the people. They are just like this focused people with one passion, one heart, one mind. We're going in this direction, which is the glorification of the Father in the earth, the extension of the kingdom of God. It's the setting of captives free. It's the delivering of the oppressed. It's the feeding of the poor. It's the announcing of good news. And they do it in such a way that it just explodes into the earth. You getting that? That's what Paul's talking about here. Now, when we read it in the English, we're kind of just... But when you look at what the words Paul's actually using here, it's just a completely different picture of what church is and who the people of the kingdom are. See, this year, I think the Holy Spirit is inviting and drawing and pouring out his spirit on us that we might fully manifest what it means to walk life united in Christ. Now that's a game that I want to be a part of. That's the field I want to play on. One love. And the, the, the other uh Uh, word here that um sorry neil i can't get that gold wave out of the out of the way there there we go thanks mate as you read through philippians 2 paul then goes on to describe the character the behavior and the the way that jesus um lived life and he did it in such a way Paul says there in, in 9 and 11, he, he did it in such a way that it would, it would reveal God to heaven, to earth, and under the earth. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll unpack all that at a later stage. But the point is, Jesus is doing this to reveal God's great love to the entire cosmos, both spiritual and natural, that the whole of creation would acknowledge and turn to the great God of heaven and earth. Jesus is on display. And then Paul, he he then says, and because Jesus is on display, guess what? As Jesus' people, we get to carry and display the heart of God to the world. Now, one of my friends in Sydney, he uses this really awesome term. He says, we're meant to be like this preview community of heaven on earth so you've, you've been to the movies lately anyone been to the movies what do they show before the movie they show about five or six previews of what is yet to be released what's about to come in the next round of movies well that's what the people of the way or the church are meant to be we're meant to be this this people that display what's coming from heaven on earth today We're a preview people because we carry the heart of God. We're a preview people. And that's why Paul says, hey, guys, you're in the middle of a dark and depraved generation. My goodness, sounds like Paul's time was a lot like our day, dark and depraved. But he says it's in that context that you shine like the stars in the universe as you hold out to people the word of life, the, 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 the hope of the gospel of the kingdom of God as you hold out your story to other people of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for you and what he's doing for you and what he can do for them as a great, generous king and friend. You see, you shine the most when you're in the darkest place. And Paul says, hey church, you guys, you shine. You're you're on display. The world's looking. It's so dark and depraved, and it's looking for some light to show it the way out of the darkness. Because you know what it's like in a really dark room when all the lights are out and, and you can't see? You you, you trip over stuff. You, you, you you're kind of groping to find your way to the door. God God is. Paul here is saying that as we carry the heart of God, the church is meant to be these people that shine like the stars. We give light. We're the light bringers. We're the light bringers. For everyone that you have relationship with, where they are caught by darkness, be it spiritual darkness, be it physical darkness, be it economic darkness, relational darkness, whatever that darkness is, You guys and me are the ones who bring the light to that darkness and set people free. And it is ultimately for the greater glory of God the Father. That's why Paul talks here, he says, that um, every tongue would confess Jesus is Lord to the greater glory of God the Father. Am I making sense so far? One love... One, in time, in accord, one mind, same direction, same passion, explosive love of the heart of God on display for the world to see Jesus, that the fruit is, ha-ha, Jesus is Lord, to the greater glory of God the Father. Now... That doesn't... well On on, on some, some levels, that sounds like, yeah, we know that. Well, absolutely we know all that. But this year, the Spirit wants to invite us into the power and the fruit of it. The Spirit is inviting us into the power and the fruit of this. One love on display. Oh, you guys go to Vineyard Pine Rivers? Yep, one love on display. One people, one mind, one heart, one purpose, one mind. We're singing from the same song sheet, filled with the heart of the passion of God, doing the works of Christ, shining in the darkness, bringing that light that the world would confess, hey, that Jesus, he is the Son of God, for the greater glory of God the Father. One love on display, these are the three things we're going to hit this year, and I'll just quickly run through this. We've touched on the idea of being united. There's a work of the Spirit here that the Lord's inviting us into, but there's two other areas that the Lord is particularly going to have us work on together. The first is being the issue of authority of the believer and actually Asking God to grow my heart that even more people would find their way into the kingdom of God. And I'll just quickly touch on those. Last year, when Rob uh, Rob Hebb was here in October, I think he was kind of like a little prophetic beacon. You remember Rob? He came and stood here on the stage and said, You guys, you guys have been stuck to the moorings of too long. God's made you for the The high seas, you're a battleship. And he stood there and he undid the ropes and he kind of... Well, the scripture that he spoke when he said that was was out of Romans 15, 5 and 6. And he says, and it says this, and he read it out over us. He said, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity. There's that word, autos, sameness. Among yourselves as you follow Jesus that with one heart and one mouth, there it is again, one accord, you may glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I I, I believe that he was like a little prophetic, like Holy Spirit messenger, that just, hey, heads up, this is coming. This is really on the heart of God for us. So we want to be a people of oneness in Christ, united in him. The other picture I want to bring to that is, um, as, as I was spending time with the Lord and the team on this, is you may remember in if you were here in late December, uh, one Sunday morning, um, <clears throat> um, I just invited um, Sean Wright to come and stand up the front, and we prayed for, at that time, Ethan, who was in hospital with a lung condition. Do you remember that, if you were here? And we just invited people to come and lay hands on Sean. And so Sean, being the rather tall person that he is, sort of stood there in the middle and he was holding Georgia and, 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 and then all of a sudden this sea of people just gathered around him. It was amazing. And then they all, well, it was like the first ring of people laid hands on Sean and then the next ring of people kind of laid hands on the people that laid hands on Sean. And, and so it went. But there was this incredible time of prayer. For Ethan's healing now when that was taking place I was sort of standing here and the Lord said to me very clearly he said Kirk watch this and as he as he said that to me something it was like a like an open vision or something happened in front of my eyes and it was as if everybody that was gathered around Sean from their hips upward began to melt like literally melting but it was a picture of like when iron you know when like metal and stuff goes into the big smelting fires and the big it gets into that big pot and it gets all hot and stirred up and it begins to take then you can use it and and for another purpose and for, it takes on another form well well this was going on all of a sudden from their hips up everybody became really red and hot And like they're about to burst into flame. And as they did that, I, I lost, I couldn't see, I couldn't recognize who was who. There was this great kind of mashup of all this metal coming together. And then it came together around Sean and it was like, and it began to cool a little. Just enough for me to realize nothing's going to break that. Nothing's going to break that. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit was showing me something about who God is making us here at Vineyard Pine Rivers in this whole idea of being a people of one mind, one love, that when we come together like that, the Spirit of God blesses and blesses this for the purposes of God. And I believe something very powerful happened in that moment that ultimately then led to Ethan receiving some healing in his body. But there was this, I don't know who any of these people are. I couldn't recognize them. They were just so all in and given and focused on the one issue at the one moment at the same time under the grace of the Holy Spirit and with passionate pleas and declarations praying for the the healing of Ethan as Sean stood there among us. It was an incredible thing it like literally burned into my mind you know how you turn, leave a flat screen tv on too long and then you turn it off and it has screen burn you can sort of see the shadow that's still there so like, i still have the screen burn of that moment in my heart it's left a lasting impression i'm like this is who we are this is where we're going in 2015 and and being united in god um William J. Seymour, I went and lay on his grave in, um, in California a few years ago, but he was attributed as the, the birthing place of uh, modern-day Pentecostalism as we know it. Anyway, he said this. He said, I can say through the power of the Spirit that wherever God can get a people that will come together in one accord and with one mind in the Word of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost will fall upon them like at Cornelius' house. Homework, go read Acts 10. Cornelius' house. Massive story. United. Authorised. Jesus' words to his people are this. All authority in heaven and earth has been given me, therefore go and make disciples. There's a big disconnect. Uh, Recently, over the last few months, Nicole and I have had the opportunity to go and pray for a number of people in their homes Pray with them over their homes, pray with them in their workplaces, over their businesses, and their circumstances, their children's health and so forth. And one of the things that we've discovered in that process of meeting and praying and seeking out God with, these, with people that we've been visiting as, as, as we can, one of the things that the Lord's been underlining is there's a gap between people. Knowing Jesus has said they've got authority, To actually exercising the power of that authority in their real life circumstances. In their real time, real life circumstances. That gap, we're gonna narrow that gap this year. We're gonna narrow that gap this year. We're gonna get every believer appointed and anointed in the work of the Holy Spirit to do the things of Jesus in their real time, real day, real life, with authority. Now that's where last year's homework comes into play because authority flows from identity. (laughs) Got to know who we are to know what we're about. But we've got to exercise the power. I had this beautiful situation here last weekend, last Sunday. There was a fantastic ministry time and, and... and there was a, a dear sister of ours who was under the Holy Spirit. God was setting her free from a demonic um oppression on her life. And now as as the, as the light bringer, that person was praying for this, this lady to be set free. It was so awesome, just wonderful. That the demonic started to get a little vocal about it all. Like, I ain't leaving. And started to grumble and sort of flash around a little bit. And then one of the team just came over to the lady that was praying for this lady's freedom, the one who was doing Jesus' work, and said, hey, you know, you've got authority to tell that thing to be quiet and leave. And this lady that was doing the praying didn't change the tone of her voice, didn't change the demeanour of her character, didn't, didn't do any of that. She was just who she was. She said, in the name of Jesus. I tell you, demon, be quiet and come out of my sister in Jesus' name. And at that, the demonic manifested, gave a bit of a cough (coughs) on the way out and our sister came under a wonderful anointing of the Holy Spirit and the Lord ministered healing, deep healing into her life. Exercising authority. We're going to narrow the gap this year for people to be able to actually do the stuff of Jesus, their rightful inheritance in the saints. Charles Craft says this, an important part of responsibility is to not neglect it. He says, I wonder often how, uh, how often we have neglected the authority Jesus has given us by not applying his power to illness, to weather, to poverty, or other life situations that he expects us as his agents to deal with. I also wonder how many people Jesus heals directly because we do not participate. Worse yet, how many go unhealed because we who have been commissioned to operate in Jesus' authority and power have neglected our responsibility? If, got, if you haven't got that book, it's there in the brackets, order it. I give you authority by Charles Craft. Order it. It's an oldie, but it is a textbook. I Give You Authority by Charles Craft. You can look up some of his stuff on YouTube, Charles Craft. You can find some stuff there when he was in Brisbane a few years ago. All there. But we want to see, we believe the Holy Spirit is inviting us into that one love, one mind, one purpose, one power of God at the same time so that the Spirit's authorized power on us will bring people into the kingdom of God. Let me tell you a quick story here. You may remember this, some of you may not have ever heard this story, but John Wimber, who's accredited as being one of the founding fathers or the leader of the Vineyard Movement for many years, in his book, Power Evangelism, said this, It was the end of a long day of ministry. I was exhausted. I'd just completed a teaching conference in Chicago and was flying off to another speaking engagement in New York. I was looking forward to the plane ride, a chance to relax for a few hours before plunging back into the teaching again, but it was not the quiet, uneventful trip that I'd hoped for. Shortly after takeoff, I pushed back the reclining seat and readjusted the seatbelt, preparing to relax. My eyes wandered around the cabin, not looking at anything in particular, and seated across the aisle from me was a middle-aged man, a businessman, uh, to judge from his appearance. but there was something unusual or noteworthy about him. But in that split second that my eyes happened to be cast in his direction, I saw something that startled me. Written across his very face in very clear and distinct letters, I thought I saw the word adultery. I blinked, rubbed my eyes and looked again. And there it still was, adultery. I was seeing it not with my natural eyes but with my mind's eye. No one else on the plane, I'm sure, saw it. I was, it was the Spirit of God communicating to me. The fact that it was a spiritual um, reality made it no less real. But now the man had become aware of my looking at him, or should I say gaping at him, might be a better description. What do you want? He snapped at me. As he spoke, a woman's name came clearly to my mind. This was more familiar to me. I had become accustomed to the Holy Spirit bringing things to my awareness. Somewhat nervously, I leaned across the aisle and asked him, does the name Jane, not her real name, but does the name Jane mean anything to you? His face turned ashen. He said, we need to talk. The plane we were on was a jumbo jet, the kind with an upstairs cocktail lounge. As I followed him up the stairs to the lounge, I sensed the spirit speaking to me yet again. John, tell him if he doesn't turn from his adultery, I'm going to take him. Terrific. All I had wanted was a nice, peaceful plane ride to New York. Now here I was sitting in an airplane cocktail lounge with a man I'd never seen before, whose name I didn't even know, about to tell him God was about to take his life if he didn't stop having an affair with some woman. We sat down in strange silence. He looked at me suspiciously for a moment and he said, there's a dog. No, he didn't. He said, who told you that name? God told me, I blurted out. I was too rattled to think of a way to ease into the topic more gracefully. God told you? He almost shouted the question as he was shocked by what i had said. Yes, I answered taking a deep breath. And he also told me to tell you that unless you turn from this adulterous relationship, he's going to take your life. I braced myself for what I was sure to be a very angry and defensive reaction. But to my relief, the instant I spoke to him, his defensiveness crumbled and his heart melted. And in a choked and desperate voice, he said to me, what should I do? At last, I was back on familiar ground. I explained to him what it meant to repent and give your life to Jesus and invited him to pray with me and with folded hands and heads bowed I began to lead him in a quiet prayer oh God that was as far as I got the conviction of the Holy Spirit that had built up inside of him seemed virtually to explode bursting into tears he cried out oh God I'm so sorry and launched into the most heartrending repentance I've ever heard it was impossible in such cramped quarters to keep hidden what was happening. Before long, everyone in the cocktail lounge was intimately equated with this man's past sinfulness and present contrition. And the flight attendants were even weeping right along with him. When he'd finished praying, he regained his composure and he talked. we talked for a while about what had happened to him. The reason I was so upset when you first mentioned that name to me, he explained, was that was my wife sitting in the seat right next to me, and I didn't want her to hear. I knew he wasn't going to like what I was about to say to him next, but I told him, you're going to have to tell her. I am, he responded weakly. When? You better do it right now, I said to him gently. The prospect of confessing to his wife was understandably somewhat intimidating, but he could see that there was no other way. So again, I followed him down the stairs, back to our seats. I couldn't hear the conversation over the noise of the plane, but I could see his wife's and her stunned reaction, not only to his confession of infidelity, but also to his account of how the stranger sitting across the aisle had been sent by God to warn him of the consequences of his sin. Eyes wide open, with amazement and probably terror. She stared first at her husband and then she stared at me and then back at her husband and then back at me as the amazing story unfolded. In the end, the man led his wife to accept Jesus right there on the aeroplane. And there was little time to talk when we got off the plane in New York. They didn't own a Bible, so I gave them mine and we went on our separate way. Here's just John living life where the kingdom of God broke in to set some people free and give them life in all its fullness. This This is maybe not the end of the scale where God might have you start, but he may have you start with, hey, that person in the line behind you in the bank, can you hear how they're not well? Could you just turn around and pray for them or you know your husband or your your wife how they're really struggling can you just take some time and stop and release the power of the kingdom of God over their life for your children in your workplace can you please just partner with what Jesus is doing in the moment the the big stuff at 30,000 feet It'll come if you want to go there in your maturity with Jesus. But in the meantime, just start with who's right in front of you and where you know they'll love you anyway. One love on display. Unity, authority and enlargement. I just want to finish here. You know, at, uh, after 25 years of doing kingdom life and ministry, of equipping people to do the works of Jesus, of of, of, of building churches and missional work all over the earth. You know, you can get a little tired after 25 years of doing that. And, and sort of a little bit partway part through last year, I was feeling really a bit tired of it all. And, and, and you know when you're tired, you start to think like, I'm uh, sure I'm meant to be doing something else with my life, <laughs> but it's usually just your fatigue talking and not the Lord. Well, I was feeling a little bit tired. And, and as, as I was talking with the Lord in that, knowing where he was going to take us this year, as I was starting to get a little bit of an inkling, he was like, well, Kirk, who's this about? Who's this all about? And I said, well, I know, Lord, it's, it's all about you. I, I, I know that but I am going to just need you to give me some fresh empowering of your spirit. You know, we get tired, we get fatigued, we get shouted down by the enemy, we get like, you know, muted by the works of darkness and we, and we, and we can get disappointed. But when Rob came in October and he dropped that Roman scripture on us, may the God who gives encouragement and endurance give you his spirit. I was like, "Ah, okay, when Rob was here, I'm like, I'll take that, Lord. I'll take that. So I just need to let you know, you know, that means, and since that moment, I'm like, Lord, my life is really full. I don't know how many more people I can fit into my life and circumstance. And he says, that's all right, we can do this. And so I've had to partner with God in opening my life again and pouring myself out again where I didn't think I had anything to give. And he's, he's so faithful, he's so faithful, so generous, so kind, so empowering. God's inviting us to open up our heart that we might see more and actively take time to see more come in. What does that mean? Well, just on this, what will I have to give for the sake of this kingdom advancing, for the sake of joining in with what Jesus is doing as he's extending his kingdom in the earth? Well, for some of you, it might mean that Jesus is asking for your reputation and that your reputation would become his reputation and not the one that you want to make for yourself to please him. It may mean your reputation. It may mean you need to be seen with people Wherever, whoever, whenever. In places that might be awkward or difficult or I don't know how to do this. Let go of the reputation and let the love of God the Father pulse through you, connected to Jesus this year. For some of you, it might be your time. Jesus might be asking for your time. I need you. I need you to partner with me. And I need you this night of the week and that night of the week or that afternoon of the week. And I I just I need you, I need you, I need to, I need you to do this with me. I need your talents, I need your skills, I need your passion. Because Paul talks about all of this stuff flowing out of works or a lifestyle of service. For some of you, you might have to give up your privacy. You right, Ruby? Are you okay? All right, sweetheart. Yeah, we got some water for her? Yeah. Chris, can you just pop your hand on Ruby's throat for me? Ruby, we're just going to pray for you, sweetheart. We just command this affliction in the name of Jesus to come off of Ruby right now in Jesus' name. We forbid you to have any authority here to oppress our sister. Go in Jesus' name. We release the kingdom to you. Throat, agitation, receive the kingdom of God right now. Receive the kingdom of God. We speak peace and healing into your body right now, Ruby, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, just come. Chris and and Leanne, can you guys just stay there a little longer and just push into that and just keep praying for her until she gets complete freedom? Some of you might have to give up your privacy. Open your life up to people. Open your home up to people that you know and people that you don't know. You might have to give your privacy up so that Jesus can reach them with his love. Some of you, it's not an issue of any of those three. For some of you, it's more an, a greater revelation that we're going to come into on kingdom stewardship and what it means to steward the love of God through your resources this year in new ways, in ways that maybe you haven't journeyed with Jesus before. But really, at the end of the day, it's about your whole heart. That's what Jesus is after, that your heart, would be his heart flowing from the Father's heart, united to Jesus, one love on display. I'm just going to finish there. You guys have been really zeroed in and focused, and I just want to say thank you for giving yourself to what the Holy Spirit's trying to do here and say here this morning. You know, it's really important that we've articulated these things this morning. And, and this is what God's drawing us into as his people. One love on display. One love on display. Now, we've, this year, we're going to unpack all of that. It's going to be a huge journey. I'm, like, fully excited for the adventure that's involved in this. It's going to be complete, like, empowered living unity, authorised, extending and enlarging the kingdom. So I'm just going to ask that the Holy Spirit would just let that settle this week on you and in you and that you'll see yourself in that, in that journey. And so you're going to hear a lot of it this year from whoever's up here speaking and teaching and all the workshops and stuff that we'll be doing and all the equipping, but this is, this is where we're going. One love on display. One love on display. All righty. Let's, let's pray. And just as I'm praying, I just need to say something. Close your eyes for me. Just close your eyes. I think it's really interesting. So listen to me with your ears, not your eyes. Let, the, let, you, let your heart listen to me while I just say this. I think it's really interesting that Ruby is here today and that we've just taken time to pray for her. Because Ruby was the very first person, one of the very first persons that the Lord sent to us that shaped this church at the very beginning she turned up and she had the whole church come together to figure out how do we love Ruby and her journey for health and for her, her boys and their family and the, the situation they were fleeing from. And the church came together in such incredibly generous ways of time and money and food and cars. The church came together and bought her a car It was amazing. I mean, she gave it away, but that's all right. She said someone else needed it, so she gave it away. But God did something, and you know that ruby, what God did in our heart with her, launched something in our heart about the mercy of God. And that mercy center that's at the end of our building here, that, that, that cares for nearly 10,000 people a year, it was birthed in the way God taught us how to love Ruby at the very beginning, some nearly 20 years ago. And I think it's no mistake that the Lord would send her this morning to sit here with her, her puppy dog. She's a prophetic signpost from God saying, please give me your heart, give it to me again. Come together in what I'm doing. Would you give me your heart? One love, one people, one mind, one purpose. That every name, everyone would confess Jesus, Jesus is Lord. To the greater glory of God the Father in the heaven, in the earth and under the earth holy spirit would you do that transaction in our heart whatever needs to take place right now just i just try we trust you with that thank you holy spirit what god's doing in your heart this morning let the conversation of that let 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 your spirit, your heart and your mind and your body be inclined to that conversation this week, please. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.